Hi, I'm Pastor Chris with Pure Church in Fort Pierce, Florida. We're so excited for you to join us for our family series called My House, where pastors Nick and Misty discuss the foundations of a family in Christ. They discuss marriage, children, vision, and much more. Hope you all enjoy the series. You know, last week we started, um, and the week before, we started preparing for the series to kick the series off. Mm. You know, when the Lord spoke to us, in, to me in, in 2005, he said, the first thing I'm going to do is restore your family. Look at the person next to you and tell him, if you're going to move forward in the things of God, if you're going to move forward in the things of God, your family has to be in unity. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Husbands and wives need to be in unity, you know, in moving forward in the things of God. And there was a lot of stuff that the Lord needed to restore, you know. There's things that you, you, you pick up from your families that are broken. There's things that happen in the church that cause you to be broken. There's things that happen in life. Amen? Mm-hmm. There's circumstances that hit you. And so sometimes you're fragmented. You've got broken pieces. And the Lord needed to restore some things in us, right? And so uh, we met this lady. Her name is Elsa B. Breers. She's a prophetess. She's from South Africa. And the Lord connected us with her. And this lady has just become like a mother in the spirit to us. And over the last uh, 15, 16 years, she has really poured into our lives. She has loved us. She has prayed for us. And she has helped us break through a lot of the things that the enemy had to keep us divided and keep us disjointed, you know. And now looking back, here we are 21 years in our marriage. (laughs) And we're in such unity. Yeah. Right? She knows me. I know her. I don't have to say nothing. She doesn't have to say nothing. I just look at her eye or her little, you know, and she, she just picks up my attitude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we know each other. We can be in the same room sitting next to each other, and we're in complete unity. We don't have to entertain each other. We don't have to do all these things. We serve one another 100%. You know what I mean? It's not a 50-50 thing. This is I'm all in, she's all in. And there was a lot of stuff that we had to break through, mm. right? There was st- we weren't always like this. And so I want to encourage you, if you're married in this place and your marriage seems a little rocky in some areas, it's okay. You're going to break through. Look at the person next to you and tell them, we're going to break through. We're going to break through. And I'm telling you, when you break through, your marriage is going to be stronger on the other side. Mm. Can I get an amen? Yes. You've got to have challenges. And when you overcome those challenges together, you're always stronger on the other side of it, right? But there has to be tension, right? Because she's on this end, I'm on this end, and and she believes something, I believe something, and we need to get into unity. So there has to be a compromise. There has to be compromise. Mm. It's not all my way and not her way, or not all her way and not my way. There has to be compromise. (laughs) There has to be compromise. <laughs> there has to be compromise. Truth. Can you say amen? Amen. Because you're in it together. Mm. You're in it together. So it's not all about me and it's not all about her. It's about us. And if mama ain't happy, there's trouble. Mm. If dad ain't happy, there's, there's trouble. More trouble. <laughs> Can you say amen? And so we want to see strong families in this church. 
Yes. Amen. We want to see your household strong because God wants to do something generationally through you, especially younger families. You have kids. God wants to work through you, through your kids, through your grandkids, and then we want to see a generational blessing unlock in your life where you give an inheritance to your children and your children's children. But you know what? There is an enemy that wants to destroy your household. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy the relationships. And that's why we're doing this series, because we want to see you break through all of those strategies of the enemy. And you mm. say, Amen. Amen. So last week we started, and I think we want to pick up on something here. Um, the key for you, say this, the key for me. The key for me. Is that I not get offended. That I not get offended. Say that again. Say the key. The key for me. Is that I do not get offended. I do not get offended. Because we're going to be touching some stuff. And what you need to realize is when we touch those things, it's going to create an emotion in you. It's going to bring a response out of you. And if you get offended by what's being said, you've already lost. Yeah, I want to read this. I looked up the definition of offense, you know, and um, it's um, an annoyance or resistment brought about by a perceived, what you perceive as an insult or disregard for oneself or one's standards and principles. You know, a lot of times when we're going through the word, we're looking at God's standards, God's principles, and sometimes it doesn't line up for where we're at. You know what I mean? And we either get offended or we get ashamed or we um, have that like, well, I'm a failure and all those lies start entering in. And it's not just the offense, but it's those emotions that come in. But God's word was never designed to bring condemnation to you. It was designed to lead you to a place where you can be. And I want you guys to understand that revelation because if you can get that and you can sit under the word, you can sit under the teachings, you can sit under like, let's see what God's standard, because I want to be transformed. I want to give, I, I'm giving my life for his life because I know the life I can create, it can only be so so great or, or only go so far, but I know the life that he has for me is so much greater than the life I can have for myself. So you stand in that place and you say, you know what, I want to do the exchange. I want to have the exchange. But in the midst of the exchange, you have your standards, your principles, what you grew up in, your culture, you know. I mean, I hear people all the time, well, my culture, I wasn't raised like that. That's not how we do things. You, based on each other's culture and different households. Even in your relationship, when you become like one with, and you get married and you're in relationships, you're all raised differently. You all have different principles. You all have different thoughts. And every standard and every principle is different. That's why when you dive into the word of God and you say, okay, what's his standard? What is his principles? Now he shows you the life with, without him and he shows you the life with him in his word. It's written in the word. If you do these things, you're going to have these results. If you do this, you're going to have this result. But it's not there to shame you. It's not there to bring condemnation. It's not there to make you feel like a failure. You know, sometimes we get offended with it because we're like, uh-uh, I'm not doing that. Not me. Like they're touching something. But, you know, open up. And allow God to touch those areas of your life so that you can be transformed into his greatness. Amen. Because what he's saying in the word is, is what you can have. Amen. Amen. So we're going to read a couple of scriptures. In uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, it 
It says this in the New Living Translation, all Scripture, everybody say all Scripture, all scripture. is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Mm. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. Um, some other translations say this, all Scripture is God-breathed is useful for instruction, conviction, and correction, and for training in righteousness. Mm, so good. the Word of God is, is going to give you God's standard. And when we see God's standard, if our life doesn't line up with it, there we'll is power. It. There is power in the Word, if you'll come to the cross, for God to break you out of the old and put you into the new. But if you're going to get offended by what God says, then that word cannot work for you. See, the, the seed has to come into the ground. Look at the person next to you and say, there's four conditions to my heart. There's four conditions to my heart. There's hard ground. So you hear the word, but you're offended or you're like, ah. And so what do you do? You resist what God says. Well, that word cannot work for you. If you receive the word and you're shallow ground, the minute your friends and your family and the people around you persecute you for what you believe, if you, you can't handle the people pressure, you'll let the word go. So the word doesn't produce anything in your life. Yeah. So what happens if you're not hard ground, you're not shallow ground? There's another type of soil, thorny ground. When you receive the word, the cares of life, the desire for other things get in the way. The lure of wealth. And so there's another attempt by the enemy to pull you away from the thing that God has for you. And once again, the word produces nothing. But it's only good ground. Say good ground. Good ground. Say I'm good ground. I'm good ground. My heart isn't hard. My heart isn't, My heart isn't shallow. My heart isn't thorny. My heart is good ground where the word of God can produce. And a, good, a heart that's good ground understands that when God corrects you, he loves you. That's what it says in Proverbs 3.11. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when He corrects you for the Lord corrects those He loves just as a father corrects a child in whom He delights. So how do you correct your children, right? Mm. Well, that's one of the weeks that we'll talk about dealing with your kids. But correcting your kid, you have to speak to your child. You can't just beat your child. You have to do a little bit of both. <laughs> there has to be balance. There has to be balance. <laughs> you have to tell them what they did wrong. You have to let them know how to do it right. And you've got to let them know the punishment and the rewards. If you don't make that clear, you're just beating them. And they're like, why? why I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll give you an example. The other day, not too long ago, Paige didn't get home on time. And I was like, where's she at? She always answers my phone calls normally, right? But somehow she didn't have reception, and I couldn't get a hold of her. So you know, the in, your insides start turning. What's happening now? All I can see because I track her is her phone in the middle of like the woods area. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, somebody abducted her. I'm like, my mind goes to the worst possible place, right? Any parents out there? Yeah, I was like, where's my kid? She always answers. She's never not once answered me. You know, I'm Facetime her now. I'm like, is she ignoring me? Maybe she's late, she's ignoring me. So I have the boys call her, you know, because they're still up. And so she didn't answer. I'm like, something's not right. 
So then what do I do? Get in my car. And I go, find her. I'm going to go find her. Because what if she's in the woods and she's just praying and hoping that I'll come find her? Mm. You know what I mean? So I'm like, Mama's coming to find you, baby. I'm coming. Don't worry. It's, I'm coming. You know? So I, I get in the car, but as I'm co- pulling out of the neighborhood, she's pulling in. I'm like, oh, she ignored. You know, I'm thinking, oh, she ignored my phone call. Word! <laughs> swing my car around now I'm tailing her like bumper to bumper she's probably thinking who's behind me who's behind me now I'm mad now I'm like every it's emotion be an that I felt in the neighborhood. you know and then dad is, has to go save the yes. child she pulls into the driveway I don't even park my car like in the parking spot I park behind her with my light still blaring in her in her car and you know I gave her a huge piece of my mind like, this girl, she's getting everything taken. Hmm. Give me your car. Give me your phone. You know, and I'm like, she's like, well, no, you didn't call. Is it my job to communicate with you? No, it is your job to communicate with me. I'm not, it's not, you have to communicate. You know, I gave her a piece of my mind and not some so nice words that I'm not going to speak because we're online, hmm. you know? <laughs> so anyways. The flesh got the best of me, so I didn't beat her. When you get, they get older, you don't beat them. You just take stuff. Give me your phone. Give me your car key. Give me everything you have. Everything you own, I own. It's mine now. You know, that's how it goes. And that, I own it. I own right? it. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that, but I own that. So anyways, I take it. In the morning, you know, I've calmed down. I'm like, man, I kind of like didn't handle her with grace. So it's talking about the beating and the... Um, and the instruction. And the instruction. So I say, every time I've ever spanked my kids, even afterwards, I've always gone back and I've always sat them down and explained to them, this is why. These are the, this is why I'm telling you, you can't do these things. So the next morning, I'm like, you don't get to take your car to school. I'm driving you to school. So, you know, we have instruction on the way. On the way. And what's amazing about when you, give, when you give the instruction and you bring the correction on what the word of God says, because I always bring the word into it, because I'm like, you've got a relationship with Jesus. So it's not that we forced our kids to go to church. We don't force our kids to do this. We encourage them that they have a relationship with Christ. They have to learn not about just coming here and singing their songs and doing their dues and doing good works. They have to learn relationship with Christ, and I know that Paige has one. So... You know, I can, I can reach her on that level, and I start giving her instruction, and then the breaking comes. Then the tears come, and then I'm like, okay, there's the breakthrough, you know? And, um, and it's so important because now she calls me every time, you know, and she makes sure she communicates, and she's on, on time, you know? Because um, they have to learn responsibilities. They have to learn, like, you can't just do what you want to do and just think that, like, you know, don't abuse the grace. You know what I'm saying? Like, last week I I made that comment, don't abuse the grace. And when I mean that is the Lord gives us instructions, and we know what's right and we know what's wrong, but sometimes we just, you know, do our own thing. We ignore it. And we're like, oh, well, what would this little bitty thing, you know, if I'm just 30 minutes late, why did that matter? You know what I mean? But if they don't learn the fear of the fear of the parent to obey the parents, you never understand the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is obeying him because you know that the father's instructions to you are for your good. You, you understand what I'm saying? So sometimes we're like, well, my parents will forgive me. They'll give me my car. They'll let me, you know, they abuse the grace. Don't do that with God either. Don't abuse the grace. 
You know, know that this word is there not to harm you, but to bring life. Amen? Amen. I don't know why I went into that, but. It's good. It was the balance. It is of the balance. what we're talking about. It's the balance you know? of don't reject the Lord's discipline. Don't be upset when he corrects you. Mm -hmm. For the Lord corrects those he loves. If Misty didn't love Paige, she wouldn't correct her. Yeah, I'd just be like, oh, go do whatever you want to, you know? And so she's a parent that's involved in her children's lives, right? And God is a parent that's involved in our lives. Yeah. We read it earlier this morning. God cares about every detail of your life. Yeah. So God is fully invested in you, right? You're not an annoyance to God. God isn't too busy for you. And so we as parents, our kids are not an annoyance to us. We're not too busy for them. And we need to take time with our kids to teach them, to train them, to raise them. Parenting is a responsibility that you have when you have children. Can anybody give me an amen? Amen. And so even though we're not talking about raising our kids this week, that'll be a separate session because there's a lot to get into with we're that. We're basically talking about God raising you. Correct. You know, and you deciding, I want to come under the submission of, of God as my Lord. I want to make him my Lord because I want to submit under his will because I know the life he has for me is so great. Yeah. Amen. So we want to encourage you that as we're going through this series, um, when you hear the word being preached or when the word comes and all of a sudden you realize your life isn't lining up with that, don't, number one, um, reject the Lord. Don't reject the word. Open yourself up and say, okay, God, show me in here if there's anything I need to, to change. That's called humility. Everybody got that? See, pride comes before the fall. We need to be humble. We need to submit ourselves to the word of God because that's the standard. And he's the one that we're going to have to answer to. Just like Paige has to answer to us as her parents, there's going to come a day when we answer to God for the good and the bad that we have done in this body. Yeah. Can you say amen? amen? There will be an account for our lives. So we need to open ourselves up and say, okay, God, wherever my life is not in alignment with your word, I'll humble myself. And I ask you to teach me, instruct me, and help me become everything that you've called me to be, right? And that's part of what the Word is going to do. Don't look at the Word where you've now failed. Well, I messed up so badly, God can't help me anymore. That's not true. There's power in the Word of God to restore anything that is yes, broken. Amen. There's power in the Word of God to bring you back no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done. Yes. Can you say amen? Everything. So don't read it and say, well, I'm a failure and God can't use me. No, you come to God broken and he restores you and he fixes you. Yes. Can you say amen? And I want to say I'm a testimony to that because I'm, I'm a dropout. I'm a high school dropout. And God has what? used me. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. You, you knew that. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> and God has used me to build a preschool, to build a youth development center, to build a school. When he called me and said, you need to actually start an actual school, kindergarten through eighth grade, and eventually going through high school, I said, not me, Jesus. I'm a high school dropout. Why would you use me? But he, he takes the things that, are, that seem as though they're not worthy to the world, and he uses them for his kingdom, and he sets you up. Amen? Now I have compassion for the student who's getting suspended because I've been there. I've been expelled from school. I know what that feels like. I know the road that they can go down. And the Lord is using me as a tool based on what's happened in my own life. He's turned, my, he's turned everything that was for wicked, he's turned around for his goodness because I've relinquished everything over to him. And now I'm the one that has the compassion for the student that nobody else wants. 
Amen? Amen. I have a compassion for the student that has a learning disability and takes longer to learn. And it, God has used me to reach, reach children for his purpose. Because all those kids that he has called me to reach are like weapons in his kingdom. When they get launched into the world and they know their purpose and they know their destiny and they know who they're set up to be, they know that God has called them. They know that they're put in this earth for a purpose. They're weapons in, in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. So he can turn any situation around. doesn't matter what it is. doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. He'll use that. He'll use that to set someone else free. Amen. You want to get into a little bit about um, your scriptures on, on offenses? offenses? Sure. All right. So um, I, I did this because I, I read the definition a minute ago. What we perceive, this was my notes. What we perceive as an insult is what we get offended on based on each one's standards and principles. So based on your standards and your principles. When you get offended, you have to ask yourself why. If you could get that one key. Don't worry about anybody else. Don't worry about what they've done, what they didn't do, what you think they should have done, what you think your spouse should have done. Don't get into that. Lay that down. If you could learn, like lay that down and say, Lord, what in me needs to change? I've put this expectation on this person and that person, and they didn't meet it. People will let you down. We will let each other down. Correct. You only really know how strong your relationship is is when you let each other down and you make it through it. Because so many times you let each other down and you're like, I'm done with you. Ain't my, my, I, I have the best husband ever because Aww. in the beginning I, I, was, I was a hothead and I would be like, you want your ring back? You know? <laughs> and he's like, you can give it back to me. But I don't care what you said, woman. God told me you're my wife. I'm going to go over here when you get yourself together. You know, and then I'd always, because I'm the, I'm the one that pops off, I am the one that has to apologize. <laughs> you know, if you're the one that does that, even if you're in the right in the moment, now you got to humble yourself because you're the one that let your mouth run, right? So I'd have to go back and I'd have to say, I'm so sorry, can I get my ring back? <laughs> <laughs> and he'd be waiting there with it and he'd say... Babe, I love you. And I'd be like, why do you love me? I'm so horrible. And he'd say, because God gave you to me. So I was like, wow, okay, Jesus. He knew what he was doing. He didn't give in to my way just because I was throwing a temperature tantrum. Come on, women. We'd be throwing them fits and expecting our man to give us our way. That don't, not him. He just waits it out. Calm and then tells I'm me how much that. he loves me. He's great at that. So anyways, I want to say that when they don't meet your expectation, you have to go to the word and say, all right, Lord, I put this expectation on these people or whatever, or I even put an expectation on you. So many times we even set expectations for God to meet our standard the way we want it to be met. And if he doesn't meet it, does God exist? Is he real? Did I really experience in him? And then we get mad at him. And then we get mad at him. Because he didn't give us our way. Yeah. You know? That's how it happens, and um, th that setting expectation is such a like little trigger that is. If I could tell you anything, when you when look when you get a, when you have that moment where you get a, we all do, we all have moments of offense. We all have moments where we get in our emotions. If you're human, you doing that, okay? I don't care. 
That's how it works. So you have to stop in that moment and say, all right, Lord, what's your standard? What's your principle? Why am I being offended? Why am I, Why being, am I being moved? Why am I being shaken emotionally in this moment? Yes. What in me needs to change? You know? So lay your expectations down. Humble humility. Lay it down. And you do what's right no matter what. That's how it works. Okay? We must realize that everyone's standards and principles are different. This is why it is important to put expectations, not to put expectations on people. If you do, you have to let the other party know that you have these expectations. Okay? Now, that's, that's, I have an expectation that you are supposed to call me at least once a week, whatever it is, you know? If they cannot meet the expectation you put, then it's your job to release them of it in love. And from there, continue to walk in love to, towards that person. That's the walk, guys. Because you can't make people do things that you yeah. want them to do. That's control. Yes. And that works in the marriage relationship, too. There's certain things that Misty cannot tell me. Mm -hmm. I just pray. <laughs> you see, when you're blind in an area, you can't see that you're doing it. Right? Yeah. You keep making the same mistake over and over again because you've been programmed a certain way. And you have to have a breaking in that programming for you to be set free from it. Yes. So you shouting at me, telling me I'm doing it wrong every time, isn't helping me. Mm -mm. It's just making me mad, and I want to get you. Because what it is, is the minute you pick on somebody else's weakness, they're going to pick on your weakness. Yep. And in a marriage... Someone has to win. Somebody, the minute... <laughs> and so... As, as a marriage couple, you have to cover one another's weaknesses. Yes. In relationships, you've got to cover each other, not expose each other. Yes. So I, what I used to be great at, I expected him to do. You know? And I'm like, but I'm the woman, and you're the man, and you're supposed to do these things, and I'm supposed to do these things. And then some of the things he's great. Like, he's better cook than I am. You know? And I'm like, I'm supposed to be the better cook because I'm the woman. You know? But that's just not how God made us. You know? And sometimes we put... Here's the standard. Well, the women do this and the men do this. And you know what I mean? And you have to find out what works for you, not just in marriage, but I'm saying in any kind of relationship. We put those false expectations of in where I'm weak. Well, if they would just do this or if they would just do that, well, I'm strong in that. That's why I just do that. You know what I mean? I'm the one who remembers to call the person. So I'm not going to get upset when they don't call me in return because it's not what they're great at. It's what I'm great at. And, see, see and we're saying? not supposed to be conformed into the image of that person, or they're supposed to be conformed into your image. Yeah. They're supposed to be conformed into the image of God, who's God created them to be. And we all have different strengths, and we have weaknesses. And so sometimes the world sets certain, certain structures that we think we have to live by, but it's not necessarily true. And so you go into a marriage thinking, well, he's going to do all these things because that's how it is. And you go into the marriage thinking, well, she's going to do all these things because that's how it is. And it's not that way at all because they may be terrible cook. They may be terrible at finances. Right? And so you've got to figure out what each other's strengths are. And then when your wife is strong in an area, you submit, you yield to that strength. When your, men, when your wife is strong in an area, you don't tear her down. You come under the strength and you support her. Woman, 
When your husband is strong in an area, you come under the strength. That's how yes. you cover each other. That's but good. if as a woman you're picking on the man saying, well, you don't do it because you're not doing it my way, and he's on the other side saying, well, you're supposed to do it this way, you're going to have war. Mm. It's not going to work. You'd and what you have to realize is that when you're doing something in your strength, it's easy to you. Yes. It comes naturally to you. When you're operating in your weakness, it's a struggle. And I'm not supposed to have my weakness become a 10. Let me be a 10 where I'm a 10, and you be a 10 where you're a 10, and together we'll be 100. Can you say amen? That's good. That's good stuff. I mean, we're not, we haven't even gotten to marriage yet. We're just still on offended. I want, we want to talk about getting offended with what the Word of God says because His standards might be different than the standards we're currently living in. You know, you got to have this attitude of when the Word of God comes, whether you're, you're reading the Word or you are um, hearing a sermon or you're listening to a message, your attitude has to be like, I used to do this. I'm, I'm super, like, dramatic, you know? So everything, if, if I'm listening to a song, I feel like i got to dance to all the words of the song. You know, I do motions. <laughs> or, like, my attitude changes, like, it's a rap song. Hey. <laughs> you know, I, I'm instantly a rapper. So, <laughs> so it... <laughs> True, whatever she's it's thinking, opera, it's like, coming oh, out of her mouth. <laughs> you know, it is. It's just, if I'm feeling it, it's my, I, I, I show it in every aspect. So anyways, when I used to hear the word, I learned my attitude used to be like, okay, I'm not going to get mad because that's hitting home right now. I used to go, oh, all right, Jesus. Oh, I hear you. I'm going to change. And then I'd pray and say, Jesus, give me the strength to change. So then you're not getting offended. You're actually just having fun in the moment when you're hearing some truth that you, like really Cuts drive. Cuts deep straight. Yeah, exactly. You're like, all right, God, I hear you. I get it. So if you ever see me on the front row and I'm doing that, because <laughs> <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> you know why I'm doing that, you know? I'm like, okay. Because we never, ever all arrive. I have not arrived. Nick has not arrived. We're all somewhere. We're all going up somewhere in Christ. We're all learning his principles and his standards, and you never get to the place. When you think you've arrived, you better tear that wall of pride down real fast. So I want to read this scripture. James 3, 14, and 16. I'm reading the amplified ver um, version. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, be not arrogant. Wait, do not be arrogant. That's what it says. Do not be arrogant. And as a result, be in defiance of the truth. So, so many times we can get envy of like what other people have. We can see their life and we can get jealous. We can have that happen. We can also, this is a huge one because I love this, and selfish ambition. A lot of the times we give up on the walk. A lot of the times we give up on what the word of God has to say is because we allow selfish ambition to drive us. And that self, even when you, when I, I, I const, I've been saying that you're either a victim or you're a victor, self makes you a victim. You're always in that victim mentality. You know what I mean? Woe is me. Everything's a complaint. You find fault in everything. Self will never be satisfied. 
But when you start serving God and you start pouring into others and you, and you put self down and, and something becomes above yourself, then somehow you have the satisfaction that is like amazing. It's the most amazing reward. So sometimes we're like, well, that's not fair if I, you know, I'm not telling you, you know, don't ever take care of yourself. But what I'm saying is you can't be driven by self. You can't be driven by that self-ambition because it always leads you down these places that brings you to the offenses, right? And then do not be arrogant and be defiant of the truth. So when the truth comes, don't be arrogant and prideful and, well, that doesn't pertain to me. That only pertains to so-and-so. Man, when you start listening to the word and you start nitpicking like, oh, well, so-and-so needs to hear that, then you're arrogant. Yeah. You know, sometimes I, you know, if I'm ministering to someone, then I know what, then I give it to them out of a, out of love, the truth in love. Do you know what I mean? But if I'm always sitting under the word or sitting in my word and I'm always thinking about how somebody else needs to change, that's a big problem. You got to think about how you need to change. Amen. Preach. This is superficial wisdom. This superficial wisdom is not that which comes down from above. But it is earthly, secular, natural, unspiritual, and even demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disordered, disorder, unrest, rebellion, and every evil thing and, and morally degrading practices. Amen? So when you get caught, now don't get, and here we are, don't be like, oh, well, is that me? Is that, remember, God is going to show you where you're at so he can take you to where he wants you to be. Amen? Amen. So you're not a failure. You're not anything. You have to examine your heart. If you can get anything from our ministry, is always examine your heart. Like, be real with yourself and say, man, am I being jealous right now? So-and-so got invited out to lunch, but they didn't invite me. So-and-so got invited over to their house. I've dealt with that. Come on. I'm like, Misty, you're being stupid, girl. You know, I talk to myself like that. And you got to get that thing into alignment and say, you know what? People can have fellowship with whoever, but don't allow that door. Don't allow that foothold. Man, that's a good one. That's a good foothold right there. Man, I know as women, I think we deal with that. You know, well, how come so-and-so got invited and I didn't get invited and they're going out and I didn't get, in, you know, that we deal with that. You know, I don't know if men deal with that, but I think as women, we do. Not as... <laughs> you didn't invite me? Okay. <laughs> Click. <laughs> Move on. You know, but as women, we kind of deal with that. That's a foothold. <laughs> that, that's one of those moments where you dwell on it and you given foot, you're giving the enemy the foothold to create a stronghold. Well, nobody likes me. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. you've got to so, watch those things. Remember the and place... And it comes from jealousy, <laughs> bitter jealousy, which means bitterness comes in, then jealousy comes in, and then selfish ambition comes in, all about self. Now I'm focused on me. So, you know, the, the thing that you've got to remember is you've got to shut the door in your heart. We're not talking about shutting doors in the natural. We're shutting about doors that bring certain thoughts into your mind that are not in line with the Word of God, mm. okay? So that's where you have to watch your own thinking. You have to examine your thoughts 
because you've got to guard your heart with all diligence. If you allow certain thoughts and different things to come into your thinking and you dwell on those things, you now open, you open a, for a foothold to take place. Mm. And if you don't shut that thing and push it out, it'll become a stronghold in your life where you believe something that's a lie and you've been deceived. And to walk around with that deception over your eyes, there's no joy in that. There's no peace in that, right? So what we're talking about is the way you think and how you respond to people based on how you perceive things. And how you respond to the Lord. And so we're believing that God is going to shine his light in areas where there's gray and where it's dark areas to bring revelation so that you can be set free from these areas and so that you can see unity in your marriage, unity in your homes. Can you say amen? Amen. But what you've got to remember is that you've got to be ready for change. Because if nobody changes in the household, things are going to just stay the way they are. Yeah, that's true. And so what is going to be the change agent? Is it going to be your friends? Is it going to be your family? Is it going to be Hollywood? Or is the change agent going to be the word of God that you set as a standard for your life and for the family? That's good. Can you say amen? Amen. I'm going to read Ephesians 4.27, which is what we left off with last week. And do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge or nurturing anger or harboring resentment or cultivating bitterness. And then I'm going to skip down to verse 32. Be kind and helpful to one another, tenderhearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely, like immediately, just as God also forgave you. Amen? And I want to say this, you know, every time we preach, we have opportunity to practice what we've preached. Every time I listen to a sermon, every time I've read the word, I get the opportunity somehow through the week. I'm like, it's like, sometimes he preaches, I'm like, oh, dear Jesus, what's going to happen this week? What am I going to face? You know what I mean? It's like, it's almost like the Lord gives you the opportunity to face that. Test. That test. And I was like, is that God, you know, or is it just my imagination? So I have another scripture, Romans, Romans 12. Where did I put that? It's good. Romans 12, 2. I'm going to read it in this in uh, this other translation. You're getting something out of this today? Here it is. This is really good. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's where it starts, guys, in our head. Right? That's why I was like, this is the best therapy you can get is church, getting in the word of God. This is by far better than anything you're paying for. You're going to pay $100? Just come and give $100 to the church. (laughs) All right? You're better off. Some therapists, I don't even know how they're a therapist. They have more mental problems than they're helping you. Look at somebody somebody and tell them this. I can't be a preacher. Say this, you can't manage your sin. You can't medicate your sin. You got to murder it. You got to take it to the cross. Can you say amen? It has to die. That's the only way you get it out of you. Jesus can deliver you. Amen. So this is, this is the good part. Um, transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. So he brings his word, and then you get tested in it. There's a reason why the Lord brings that word to you, because he knows what you're going to face before you even know you're going to face it. Isn't that awesome? 
so many times I'm like, I just thought that was my mind. <laughs> and I'm like, that was Jesus telling me the whole time. That's so awesome. You know, a lot of the stuff that we talk about here is prophetic. It really is. It's about what's coming and to prepare you for what's ahead. And if you're not listening and paying attention and receiving what you need to receive, you'll get blindsided. Mm. God always warns us. God always shows us. God's always ready to bring us through whatever it is we're going to face. And you you say amen. The last thing I want to leave about offenses, and this is it. Now, we talked about you getting offended by someone. We talked about, you know, you getting offended by the Lord and even setting expectations for God that he's not going to meet him the way you think he's going to meet him for the most part. But also, if you know you've offended someone, you know, sometimes we don't mean to offend somebody, but we know they're offended. And sometimes we'll be like, well, that's their problem. Not mine. I didn't do anything wrong. Just this week, you know, that that happened. And you have to, in love, go and fix it. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Not only does it tell us to lay our offenses down, but if you know that you've offended someone, you have to go and fix it. That's what the love of Christ does. Amen? Amen. That's it. That's what you got? That's what I got. I was going to do another scripture on it, but I was like, you know what, I already have a bunch, so. Y'all can look up a, stru- a scripture about that. The, bo- the word of God does tell you, if you know you've offended somebody, go to that person and fix it. Yeah. You don't go and talk, talk behind their back. Go get your posse together and gang up on somebody. Amen. That's not how we do it. Even at work, if you're offended with your, a coworker or your boss or whatever it is, go and talk it out and let them know you're offended because they don't have a clue. Can you say amen? Maybe they can tell by your face something is wrong in your attitude. But that's not going to get you very far. Amen? Amen. Yeah. So we, we're going to become better communicators. Can you say amen? Amen. So let's stand this morning. We're going to close today. Was that it? <clears throat> hey, that's an hour later. Okay. I was going to say, because we're going to start talking about family. And we wanted, to, we wanted you guys to get your hearts prepared of where God's taking you. So, um, you know... The scripture I had for building a solid foundation for your family was that you have to build on his wisdom. It says it in Proverbs that you have to build your house on the wisdom of God. And what we're going to start diving into, and just even this, what we're talking about today, is wisdom from heaven, right? It's not just what I think. It's not what Nick thinks. It's what the word of God says. Amen? And we're going to start going through principles and standards and wisdom that God has so that you guys can build your household strong. Because the Lord told us that we're going to strengthen families in this season. That households are going to be strengthened. And that's why we're doing this family series, not just because. And, and, you know, for so long I was like, I don't have anything to preach. I'm not a preacher. That's not. But the Lord showed me and said, things that are just everyday living for you is the wisdom that someone else needs. Amen. Amen. So I'm excited about the family series and where we're going. And I want to end it with, I wanted to end it with that. Yeah. You're epic, babe. Yeah. You, know, you, know what I, you know what I love? I love watching people grow around me mm. into new things. And I remember when we first started children's ministry, I threw Misty in there. And she was like, I can't do this. And then she became epic. You know? And it doesn't matter what challenge Misty's faced in her life. She's always come through it. And we're going to come through every challenge we're facing. Amen.
And so I'm super proud of my wifey. Oh, Amen. Thanks, babe. Oh, I am. At the end of this family series, guys, we're going to do a whole family dedication, a household dedication, where you and your kids will come to the altar and you guys come into agreement together that you guys are like not just like mom's committing or dad's committing, that but the whole family commits and says, you know what, I want to commit together in this together. Amen? It's going to be a big celebration. So we're going to pray today. Firstly, if you don't know Jesus, you've got to get him in your heart, right? Because Jesus is the Word. And so everything that we're talking about in the Bible is the Word of God. And so when you make a decision that you're going to follow Jesus, what you're saying is, I'm going to follow your Word. And that is something that you need to decide personally. Can you say amen? amen. And then as, as a person deciding, I'm going to follow God, then the families together can decide they're following God. But it starts with your personal commitment to the Lord. And so I want you to check your heart this morning. And I want to ask you, where do you stand with God? How is your relationship with the Lord? Right? On a scale of 1 to 10, where are you at? Has something divided you in your relationship with the Lord? Whatever that thing is that's offended you, that's got you separated from God, You've got to lay that thing down. Can you say amen? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, I want you to know that it's just a decision. It's believing in your heart that he is Lord, that he died and God raised him from the dead. And you believe that he is the Son of God and that you're going to give your life to him and follow him. And so I want to encourage you today, if you've never made that decision, that's the first step in this process. Amen? So... I want everybody to pray this prayer. We're going to commit our lives to Him. We're going to recommit our lives to Him. We're going to dedicate our lives to Him today. Amen. Say this. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your Son, Jesus. You loved me so much that You sent Your one and only Son. And He died in my place. He took my sin, took my punishment. He took everything that separated me from you. And I thank you, Lord, that he didn't just die, but you raised him from the dead. And I declare that Jesus is alive. And today, I make the decision, I make the decision again, that he is my Lord, and he is my Savior. And I thank you, that my name is written in your book of life, that I am a child of God, that heaven is my home. You accept me the way that I am, and through your grace, you're going to transform me into who you've called me to be. I give you my life, God. I'll follow you. Do whatever you need to do. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. I'm just so glad to be here.